Hi, Knox Church. This is uh, worship for Sunday, April 26th, the sermon. Uh, today we're going to be looking at the story of the road to Emmaus. It's a story told in Luke chapter 24. And I would invite you, uh, if you didn't have a chance before viewing the sermon, to go back and listen to the scripture lesson. It's a somewhat lengthy one. Uh, that's what we'll be talking about this morning. Uh, first, we're going to start with a few jokes. Uh, Charlie has agreed to uh, tell a few jokes this morning, and uh, these are church jokes. Uh, these are jokes that were part of an email that somebody sent to me, and these are uh, supposedly uh, things that appeared in uh, church bulletins or bulletin announcements uh, in error. So these are sort of church announcement bloopers. And Charlie's going to read them for you as I hold them up. First one is this. For those of you who have children and don't know it, we have a nursery downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the second one is this. Don't let your worry tear down. Let the church help. Don't let your worry tear you down. Let the church help. <laughs> that was a mistake, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> All right, here's the next uh, error in a bulletin announcement. Next Thursday, um, there will be a be tryouts for the choir. They need all the help they can get. <laughs> <laughs> and next one, this is the, this is Charlie's favorite, I think. A bean supper will be held on Thursday in church hall. Music will follow. <laughs> <laughs> all right, one more joke. One more joke. This evening at seven p.m. there will be a. Him sing at the park, across from the church. Bring a blanket and prepare to sin. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautifully done, Charlie. Got a bright future in comedy. Thanks, buddy. Okay, now that we're done with the opening monologue there, let us uh, pray together. Gracious God, come to us and be present to us in these important days. And in these moments, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, may they be acceptable in your sight. For you, O Lord, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So I try not to include jokes in a sermon unless I feel like they've got a purpose. Uh, most things that make us laugh contain a grain of truth. These jokes that Charlie told are about church, and we laugh because of some common assumptions that we make about church. In many places, church has become a harmless little social institution that is mostly about hosting some programs and keeping people busy, and they produce a bulletin, mostly it sometimes seems, so that people can come on Sunday and search the bulletin for mistakes. That's a pessimistic way of looking at it, yes. But in these recent days, this is not the church that I have seen. Certainly not at Knox. I have seen a community of people reaching out to one another to be sure that their friends are healthy and safe and connected. I have seen people trying like crazy to figure out how to feed the hungry and house the homeless in a time of when we have to stay physically distant. And I see people so longing for worship 
that they are willing to sing into an iPhone and go to coffee hour on Zoom and pray gathered around a computer. It is amazing. Now here is the great question and challenge for the church in these days as I'm seeing it. Are we doing these things? Are we going to these lengths because we are desperate to maintain our old routine and to make church happen? Or are we doing them because they are really at the core of the message of Jesus Christ, which I believe that they are? The question I'm asking is, in this time of upheaval and in the days to come, what is the church really about? What is it going to be about? And if it ends up being different than what we expected, are we going to get excited about that? Or are we going to get disappointed and quit? Well, this morning's scripture lesson is about that same idea. There are these two disciples. They are walking along a road on Easter Day. They're deeply disappointed because Jesus didn't turn out to be who, he, who they had hoped he was. So they walk along on the afternoon of Easter Day, leaving J Jerusalem behind them, on the way to a town called Emmaus, a long seven-mile walk away. On the way, they are discussing all the things that happened in the recent days. And as they walk, the risen Jesus joins them, though it says they don't recognize him for who he is. There is this great exchange where Jesus asks what they are talking about as they walk along the road. And they say to him, are you the only one who hasn't heard? And they tell him about their disappointments. Jesus had been this amazing prophet, they, say, they said. They say they, he, he, they had hoped that he would redeem Israel. But then he was crucified. And though some said that morning that he was risen and that his good work would continue, they say that they went to the tomb and they did not see him. And then Jesus replies by retelling to them the story of his ministry. He tells it to them gently but firmly demonstrating to them that they seem to have misunderstood the point. They need to revisit the meaning of their faith and the lives they are living. Let me stop at this point and say this. I am not at all ready to ask questions about the meaning of the COVID-19 pandemic. What does this really mean for us? What will it change? What will we learn from it? Questions like those may be interesting to speculate about, but right now, People continue to work life-threatening jobs or are surrounded by deep grief and loss that some families and communities are facing very immediately. One day, someday, we may get to talk about what we learned from it, but not yet. I want to think about what we're seeing, not in the future, but right now. I bring that up because I see so many signs of us wanting to move past this before it is past. The great debate in government right now is how quickly can we end the emergency and restore, restart the economy, which has comfortable folks wondering about things like when will we eat out again or get a haircut again. Sure, I'm curious about those things, I'd like to get a haircut, but 
To think about those things primarily seems to be a symptom of rushing past the most pressing needs of the most vulnerable people. So today, before we start making attempts to get to the new normal, whatever that may be, I'm going to wonder for a little while about what it would be like if today, today, Jesus were walking this journey with us. Jesus asked those disciples questions. This week I got to wondering what Jesus might ask us today. How might he encourage us toward more faithful living today and in whatever comes next? These are some questions that I came up with. I wonder if you are asking any of these same questions yourself. Here's the first question to think about. What am I discovering that I can do without? What am I discovering that I can do without? Is there some luxury that you haven't had lately and maybe you're wondering what you might do with the extra money? Or maybe there's something you've been doing without and you're wondering if you're better off without that thing. That's a starter question, a somewhat harmless one. Here's another one, digs a little deeper. The question is, what do I really miss? Which is another way of asking, what have I been taking for granted? What have I been taking for granted? What will I look forward to doing again with a greater sense of gratitude? And this may apply to things like going to a restaurant or having a quality school for our kids or having time to spend with your parents if they're still living. It may be a good time to remind ourselves that these are the kinds of things that some people don't ever get to enjoy, pre-COVID included. What have I been taking for granted? I think some of the most important questions are the ones that have to do with uh, exploring inequalities in our larger culture. Questions like this. What does it mean to me that some populations are being hit much harder than others? What does it mean to me that some populations are being hit much harder than others? Here I'm thinking about people of color, low-income workers, prisoners, the people who are dying in the greatest numbers. Some of us who are sheltering in place quite comfortably may forget that others are spending their days wondering where their next meal will come from or whether they will get help at all if they get sick. The cruel reality here is that there is nothing unique or new about these disparities. They were with us long before COVID-19 and they will probably be worse going forward. And this begs the question, what am I willing to do about it? What am I willing to do about it? Is there a way I might change my patterns of giving, my way of voting, my advocacy in the public world? If there's a wake-up call here in my life and I'm no longer satisfied just to protect my own comfort, what am I willing to do about it? Another way of exploring these questions related to justice might be this question. 
Who had I forgotten was essential? Who had I forgotten was essential? Which is another way of asking more simply, who had I forgotten? Who had I forgotten mattered? Who had I forgotten had value? Who had I forgotten is a child of God, just like me? Among the people we're now calling essential. How can I thank them? How will I thank them? What might I do other than say thank you? Here's another question you might be asking in these days. What have I found keeps me feeling connected? What have I found makes me feeling, what have I found keeps me feeling connected? As I think about things I'm reading and hearing and uh, hearing from all of you, I think about writing, letters and emails, calling people you care about, stopping, having enough time to talk or to help. Jesus called these things being a neighbor. Looking back to the days before COVID, had you previously become really attached to political messaging or social media in ways that don't keep us connected, but rather drive us apart? Things that keep us from being neighbors? This might be a good time to be thinking about that question. This one is very important to think about. Do I need to ask for help? Do I need to ask for help? Maybe you have been feeling anxious or fearful or sick. Maybe you are isolated or lonely or need help getting your basic needs met. Maybe you have fallen into a destructive attitude or behavior in the stress of these times. You can't help other people if you're not healthy yourself. Call us, call one of your pastors, call a member of your church. We care about you. God loves you. Do I need to ask for help? This last one might be helpful for parents of younger children or others who are feeling uh, too busy or kind of overwhelmed. How do I let go of some things that do not matter today and in the days to come? Maybe there's something that seemed really important before and at that time was really stressful or time consuming. And maybe you are discovering that you don't need to do that thing. This question's maybe a gift to you. How do I let go of some things that don't matter? I wonder if these are the kind of pressing questions that people, that Jesus asked people to think about throughout his ministry. When he talks with those two disciples along the road, he is seeing two people who never really asked the tough questions they should have asked. 
So when his exciting ministry leads to his death, they don't see that as a chance to take up the causes of his ministry themselves. They just see it as a disappointment. They are already abandoning the journey of faith as they walk on that road away from Jerusalem. Will the same thing happen to us as we press so hard to get to a new normal? As the stresses of our own lives and the disparities of our community life as they show themselves in this pandemic? Will we rush past questions that are staring us in the face, that should have been staring us in the face for a long time? Or will we take these kinds of questions seriously? If the questions seem too big or too daunting, it's because they are big questions. But I was comforted this week by an observation I read about this story of the walk to Emmaus. An observation I've never thought of before as often as I've heard the story. The story says that when Jesus joined the two as they were on this long walk, these two were weighed down by all of their concern and their disappointment, just like many of us feel weighed down. And Jesus joins them and asks what they are talking about. And when he speaks to them, it says, they stood still. They stood still. They've been walking and talking all afternoon. But so willing and ready is Jesus to bear the weight of their concerns that his compassion stops them in their tracks. Suddenly they are in no hurry. There is no rush back to their busy schedules, their new normal, their grinding routines, their frantic forward momentum. They stood still. And they only walked again when Jesus started to help them think about the pressing questions. The pressing questions they had been ignoring for a long time. Jesus will help them to carry those questions. For a long time, I've been wondering what we misunderstand about church. What are the things that are really at the heart of the gospel of Jesus Christ that are obscured by the joke-worthy routines into which church people so often fall? I'm not suggesting that nothing we have been doing is of value or important. Of course it is. But I'm suggesting that with the comforts of our church routine ripped away, there may be things we see more clearly right now. What are they? Who is the church supposed to be? And as its people, who are we supposed to be? I want to reiterate the question that is at the heart of this sermon for me, for I want to state it again in a positive light. In these days, I am seeing a church where people take care of each other, where they try like mad to be generous, and where they long for worship together. Is it for real? Can we sustain it? If we do, Will we hear something from Jesus? 
something that we were supposed to be hearing all along.